the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This on-demand presentation from Talk910.com. This is Rob Black. Hear the Rob Black Show every weekday from 10 to noon Pacific Time on 910 AM, more stimulating talk, San Francisco. Thanks for your support. Enjoy the show. It's Rob Black. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Have a good show for you planned today. It's moving towards the holiday season, but yet I continue to plug forward with good content to educate you a little bit on what's happening in the world of money, money, money. Uh, that's my goal, to educate you, to entertain you, to stand out instead of blend in. There's so many shows here that just blend in, and it's safe media. And at times, I'm going to put my foot in my mouth. and It's not going to be very good radio. It's going to make you feel uncomfortable. At times, I'm going to say something genius and help you put together the pieces of how to invest and how to save properly. I don't want you to work till the day you die. I don't want you to work and uh, find out that you didn't save enough. I find that tragic. There's little things that you can do here and there to, you know, really make sure that you get along quite well. There's little things you can do here and there that can really mess up your financial life as well. You get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's the Rob Black Show. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Let's take a look at some of the top business stories. Well, not top business stories. We're going to get to top business stories. Um... 20 years. Time flies. I'm having Will Durst come in at 1130 today, and he's one of my favorite people in the Bay Area. He's just a good, nice, funny gentleman. And I hope one day someone says that about me. Right now, I'm probably crass and crude and smart, and sometimes I I stoop to the occasion. Anyway, today marks the 20 years of The Simpsons, but I was thinking about it. Matt Groening, that show has made millions and millions and millions of dollars for Fox. I was thinking a little bit about it, of how things change. Where were you 20 years ago? But how about how about 10 years ago? We're coming towards the close of the year. And 2009 will be put in the history books and we'll move towards 2010. Pretty crazy, right? I mean, I, I remember 20, 30 years ago thinking 2000 seemed a little far away away. Now 2010's right here. We're aging quickly. We're aging quickly. Ten years ago, if you were to go back in a, a wayback machine, so to speak, ten years ago, dot-coms were exploding. The Bay Area was sexy and crazy, and 101 was crowded for hours and hours and hours. We're still not anywhere near the traffic levels that we were back in 1999. See how fast things sometimes change? It changes that kind of fast. It's intriguing, right? We thought things maybe would have come back a little bit sooner, a little bit faster, but that was not the case. Get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639. Last 10 years, lots and lots of change. That's one thing that I can say is pretty consistent. Let me give you a little gift-giving advice for men. (laughs) 
I know you're going to say, whoa, where is he going to go with this one? Gift-giving advice for men. What would I possibly say? When in doubt, men, go a size down. So if your woman's a size 8, go size 7, size 6. Go a size down. Let Leave the tag on it so she can return it. But never get her something that's too big. It will piss your woman off. Never give, give a gift that suggests your spouse is not perfect. For instance, no exercise equipment, no self-help books, no wrinkle creams, no nose hair removers. That will get you into hot water with the lady. And we don't want that. She's a lady. Whoa, whoa, whoa. She's a lady. Never, ever, ever. It's not just the thought that counts. Especially if you don't have that thought until the checkout line. So keep that in mind. And when all else fails, try to create memories. Something I've said many, many times before on the show is that my favorite Christmas gift of all time was the soundtrack on CD to the Muppet movie. And again, that shows you how things have changed, right? I remember as a kid getting the, the LP, the record, and the turntable and listening to that album times and times and times and times and times again. Um, and then that was, you know, when CDs first started coming out, they weren't going to release all the, all the, they weren't going to release all the movie, um, all the CDs of all, all the past records they, you know, who would want to buy them up CD, but it was a memory that, that an ex-girlfriend played into my mind and that memory went a long way and it's my most favorite Christmas present. So try to create memories. Don't, you know, giving them, you know, shopping cards, $25 gift certificates, $50 gift certificates. That's going to create no memory whatsoever. Get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. One of the top business stories out there today is tied towards FedEx and what they said as far as what the economy is going to look like, of what they're thinking it's going to look like. And uh, it's important because FedEx, they issued a very cautious forecast, a very cautious forecast coming out of FedEx. Okay. Okay, so you think about that for just a second, cautious format. What this ultimately means is they're, they're helping us set some boundaries. They're helping us see where we're going to fall in our economy and where we're not. And FedEx is important because they're a transport. They're a shipping company. They ship goods. You get the basic idea there. They push things from point A to point B. And that's ultimately consumption. That's what we are as a nation. When things go to, from point A to point B, that's we want it. So we're sending more packages. So FedEx really kind of important to you know get a little bit of a feel. They're saying cautious third quarter. Now, yesterday, General Electric said, we see 2010 as we're not going to grow our earnings much. Kind of flat. A GE is one of the biggest companies in the world. 2010 is not going to be glorious. And I bring this up because housing has been falling since 2006. And a lot of people want instant gratification. I get literally hundreds of emails a week where people are asking about, should I buy a home now? Is now a good time to invest? Is now a good time to buy a home? Is now a good time to, to you know, take advantage? It takes time. Times move very, very slowly. Ten years ago, we were in the, the middle of the dot-com mania. We were heading into 2000. Right now we're heading into 2010. And we were about to get our faces beaten with a shovel. We didn't see it coming. We enjoyed the go-go 90s. Go-go 90s were very good. A lot of sex, a lot of money, a lot of vacations. Lots of home improvements. 
where we finally took that that house and added a second floor to it, took that house and added a better view to it, took that house and put a jacuzzi in it, took that house and put a new bathroom in it to it. The 90s were a very, very good time, but time changes and time moves very, 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 very slowly. Can you imagine it was just 10 years ago that the dot-com imploded? And again, I like things that implode. It works out well for me. And why in the world would I admit that? That's an odd thing to admit, that disaster works well for people like me. In large part, what I'm trying to say is things got out of control in the 1990s with investing in stocks. They got out of control. I mean, it's, it's that, just that kind of simple. So 2000 came along and curbed it. I'd use the phrase curb your enthusiasm. Maybe that's just too simple for me to do, but it was good because things started to get too hot. And there's people that missed the rush, that didn't get a dot-com stock, that didn't get a, a upgrade their home. And suddenly life was being priced out of everything for them. So everything was being priced out. So if you had a dot-com portfolio, you were rocking and rolling. If you didn't, you felt like a chump. If you owned a home in the 2000s, you were rocking and rolling. If you didn't, you felt like a chump. So 2006 finally comes along and kills the real estate speculation that started from the stock speculation. Here's what the worst part about this all is. The dot-coms, when all things were said and done, didn't create a lot of value. Created a lot of paper value that people cashed in and went out and bought real things. Homes, cars, vacations. They went out and spent money that really wasn't real. It's not like the companies were earning billions of dollars. They were just selling them to the public for billions of dollars. And months and months and months and months later, they were worth nothing. So it wasn't a real economy that created the housing boom. It wasn't. It's not the fact that it's California, because California, quite honestly, sucks when you compare it to other states as far as um, education goes, as far as cost of living goes. So a lot of people think, ooh, real, real estate's going to come roaring back. It's not going to come roaring back because one of the reasons it roared in the 2000s was because people were selling shares of companies that ultimately had no value. There was no real wealth created. Companies like ExxonMobil, who earn billions and billions and billions of dollars of profits, they give that to their shareholders and they earn it. They actually earn it. There was dot-com companies that never earned a penny, that they generated revenue, but they never pushed it to the bottom line. They just couldn't do it. So who got wealthy, real wealthy, in the dot-com era was the, doc, was the companies like Cisco who were selling the equipment to the guys. They didn't care if they went bankrupt as long as they paid their bills with the money that was issued in paper stock that really had no real value. So I think the lesson that I want you to get out of this is keep your expectations low for things like real estate because for real estate to work, you need the economy to work. And for the economy to work, companies like GE are saying, looks kind of sideways to us. So what's real money? Your paycheck's real money. Company pays you in your paycheck. What's the problem right now? A lot of people don't have paychecks. It's a big problem, right? Unemployment's high, very high for our lifetime. So I think you can beat the markets next year. I think I'm going to do the best I can to show you how to beat the markets. But I do want you to have some slightly lower expectations. It's Rob Black Show. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back on 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk.
the Rob Black chat room live now. Go to talk910.com. Go to the Rob Black page and click play. Three four five five six three nine. Coming up, I'm going to be talking about applications that can save you some do re mi, a little bit of money. Later in the show, I'm going to have one of my favorite people of the last year on, Will Durst. He's one of those San Francisco comedians like Robin Williams who's been around forever. If you've been around forever in the world of comedy, you got something. You got some insight. He's one of those people that tends to poke, 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 poke at politicians. Uh, it's easy fodder. I think he pokes as much at uh, Republicans as he does Democrats. So I don't think he's got, quote unquote, an agenda just to be funny, just to be insightful. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. Um, I'm thinking about doing a show with puppets. I want to do a puppet radio show. And I want to have a little baby Jesus puppet. And I want to have a little baby Moses puppet for our Jewish friends out there. I want to have a little baby Yarwi for friends who... Celebrate Kwanzaa. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking about a puppet show. Puppet show live on radio. Maybe we'll set the web camera up a little bit closer. So where you won't see me, you'll see my puppets. Because wouldn't it be great to get financial advice from a puppet? Financial advice could tell you the top 10 things you should do uh, in order to um, get to retirement. I like the idea. Shoppers have finished less than half their holiday shopping so far. And we are just right around the corner to Christmas. You know what I like about Christmas? And this is going to make me sound like a sappy old fool. I like family. I like taking some days off. I like chilling. I like, you know, having an extra time where you're not rushing off to work to linger at the park and not worry about tick, 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 tick. What's traffic on 101? What's traffic on 280? So I enjoy the downtime enormously. So shoppers have finished less than half their holiday shopping this year. As of the middle of last week, the average consumer had only bought about 46% of their gifts. Christmas is right around the corner, but your gift might still be sitting at the mall. In a survey that came out yesterday, the National Retail Federation said that on average, consumers completed 46% of their shopping. That's slightly less than 47% done by this time last year. I only have two more gifts to get, um, and that's it. So typically people who know me and love me, they get you know a good bottle of booze, cigarettes, and a nice slice of veal. So my shopping's pretty easy. Cartons of cigarettes is a good gift. Speaking of cartons of cigarettes, did you know that there's some news out there that scientists have cracked the entire genetic code of cancer? This is big news. This makes me want to start smoking cigarettes even though I don't smoke cigarettes. They've unlocked the entire genetic code of two of the most common forms of skin and lung cancer. Now, not only will the cancer maps prove or pave a way to spot tumors a little bit earlier, they could also yield new drug targets. Maybe, maybe not. We don't know. Scientists around the globe are now working to catalog all the genes that go wrong in many of the human cancer. The UK, for instance, is looking at breast cancer. Japan's big into studying liver cancer. India's into the mouth. China's studying stomach cancer. The United States, we're looking at the brain, ovary, and pancreas. Catalogs are going to change the way we think about individual cancers. For instance, you play a little bit of Russian roulette every time you smoke a cigarette. Because this is what we found. The scientists found that the DNA code for skin cancer called melanoma... It contains some 30,000 errors 
that almost entirely are caused by too much sun exposure. So melanoma, sun cancer, skin cancer, basically comes from sun. Most of the time, the mutations will land in innocent parts of the genome. So you have instances where it turns cancerous, but it's not going to hurt you. It has to hit the right target, for instance. So we're learning that cancer turns targeted, turns tumor, turns growth, turns bad. Lung cancer, for instance, it has 23,000 errors, which is triggered by cigarette smoke exposure, largely. The experts expect that a typical smoker acquires a new mutation for every 15 cigarettes they smoke. So basically, 23,000 errors, you smoke enough cigarettes, every 15 that you do, you've just turned another cell, turned another cell, you've mutated it. Interesting, right? One in 15. But here's what's interesting about this study. Almost all of those mutations are harmless, but some do trigger cancer. Now, most of the time, mutations land in the innocent parts of the genome, right? But if you quit smoking, you could actually reduce the cancer risk back to normal with time. So it's never too late to quit. Um, Hopefully, you didn't trigger some cancer cells with the cigarettes that you have smoked. Anyway. I just quit smoking. Interesting to note. Heidi just quit smoking? I didn't know Heidi smoked. Heidi told me she just quit smoking. Did you smoke last year? Wow. She's shaking her head yes. Okay. So Heidi did quit on the air. Um, She said it on the air. I didn't see you as a smoker. You're so tiny and frail and, and lovely. Did you do a, a whole pack a day, two packs, three packs? I only smoked a couple of cigarettes a week. Yeah. And that but kept, I, I started hearing it from the doctors quite you know, a bit. You know what's going to happen to you now? You're going to balloon. You're going you're gonna to get heavy. You're in your mid-30s. The cigarettes, oh, the cigarettes kept you skinny. Great. Something to look forward to. <laughs> I love her like a sister. Only me, only I can get away with saying you're going to balloon. So... Some uh, lady, Megan, she was listening to me talk about buying women's clothes for Christmas. And trust me, I do not buy women's clothes for Christmas. But uh, if I did, I'd buy the frilly, uh, you know, lingerie type of stuff. But don't don't buy a woman a shirt. And she got mad at me. She said, don't buy a a size down Uh, because then she's going to feel bad that she can't fit into it. And uh, okay, I get I get the point. Okay, okay, let's get back to money. So we've talked about cancer and hey, you can start smoking again because we figured out the cancer's genome today. And that's a big story, right? But you know what makes the headlines today? We crack the genomic sequence for cancer. Uh-uh. Tiger Woods getting a divorce. That's the big headline today. The world has cracked the genomic code on cancer. That's so effing crazy, isn't it? Anyway, um, you've heard yesterday or Monday, we've been talking about it for weeks, that Boeing was going to get that 787 Dreamliner up in the air. And they did. Now, there's ways to play this. Boeing is not a pure play on airplanes. Boeing also makes missiles. They also do a lot of satellite work. So even though the the airline aerospace industry is important to them, they have other businesses. But there's some companies that will directly benefit from the new Dreamliner. For instance, a company called Hexel, ticker symbol HXL, HXL. There's a company called Spirit Aerosystems. They make the nose cone and wing systems, ticker symbol SPR. There's a company called Rockwell Collins. They provide the cockpit controls. Goodrich, they make the wheels and the brakes. So Boeing's probably not the pure play on the new 787 Dreamliner successfully getting up in the air. I just gave you the ones that are. Isn't this a great show? Don't you learn just a a, a bucket of information each and every day? 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. So um, Amazon.com, back to shopping real quick. New price target for Amazon.com up to 170 bucks from 140. 
And that's over by a company called Citigroup. Now, what you got to know about Citigroup is that their opinion means nothing. It means nothing. Do you know the guy who, who recommends Amazon? Have you ever met him? Has he ever met you? Does he know that you smoke a pack of cigarettes a day just so you can stay skinny? Does he? Does he? Does he? Uh-uh. He doesn't know that. So that puts you in, 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 into a very precarious situation. He doesn't know that you've got a wife who beats you with a golf club. He doesn't know that you have a wife who's afraid of the stock market and you know lost money in the 1990s, even though everyone else is making money. So the Citigroup saying that Amazon's 170 doesn't really mean much to you. What it means or what it should mean to you is that Citigroup's got an army of stockbrokers, Smith Barney stockbrokers. And typically, a Smith Barney stockbroker is a bit of a douche. He's the kind of guy that wears his letters on his sleeve. I think if you wear monogram shirts, you're a douche. Just opinion. Just an opinion. I think it's a sign of power. I think it's pathetic. I'm right now, I'm worth more than you, and I'm wearing an Oakland A's jersey. I'm comfortable in this. I don't have to show off. I can show off. I was once in a business meeting where I said, I make more money than you, 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 and you put together. That's kind of creepy. That's kind of effed up. That makes enemies out of, out of, out of you. So I stopped saying things like that because uh, people freak out about money. They tend to hold on to it and remember it for the longest time. So anyway, back to this whole Amazon Citigroup thing. Where do I go with this? Oh, so they got an army of stockbrokers. And these guys aren't, they're not smart. They're, they're, they're douches in a suit. Um, with monogram letters on their shirts, with suspenders, and with Italian shoes, and with a nice $100 haircut, which, as I've proven, you can cut your own hair while drunk and save lots and lots of money. Um, it doesn't look very good, but you can do it. 800-345-5639. So, okay, so um, Smith Barney, um, Citigroup, they recommend Amazon.com. What's important about this is they got hundreds of brokers who aren't free thinkers. They're literally penguins. They march. They don't know why they march. So they will pick up the phone and they will call their client today. Hey, rich widow. We just um, got a buy recommendation on Amazon.com. You know, the online retailer. We think you would benefit from some exposure to this, this exciting growth sector. Rich widow says, sounds good to me. Buy me 200 shares. Do stockbroker buys 200 shares. He makes his little $45, $50, $60 commission. He's happy. That phone call went well. Picks up the phone, calls another person. So it creates buyers in a company, especially when it's a big firm like Smith Barney. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Phone's oddly silent. In the next hour, we're going to be talking about the year in review. If you want to pick up the phone with any great events that we will likely forget, pick up the phone, 800-345-5639. One of the best moments of last year. Do you remember this one? You lie! That has to be one of the highlights of the year. When a congressman yells at the president that he's lying in a national televised speech. It's Rob Black Show, 800-345-5639. It's 9, a.m. More stimulated talk. I know all the words to Colores, and I'm proud to be an American. Me and my friends are platinum. Black talking all things financial. Ooh, 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 
just a minute, I'm going to talk about, there's an app for that, but here's the twist. Here's the twist. It's going to be tied towards cars. Let's go to Carmen in San Francisco. Carmen? Carmen in San Francisco. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, good. Thank you. Uh, I received a letter from Burnett County, Texas, uh, for delinquent taxes um, on property my husband bought as his sole, uh, this is the way to read it, as his sole, uh, it was sold to him in his name as a married woman as her sole and separate property. My husband died in, in 2004 without a will or an estate. And Burnett County, Texas, is now coming after me for the delinquent taxes, saying that uh, since they can find no record as to what he wanted to do with the land, that I am a potential owner, so I'm responsible for the taxes. It doesn't, I believe so. It doesn't sound crazy to me that you might be responsible, being that you were married to him when he bought it. Um, I would probably consider getting an attorney. After you document everything, Carmen, the kicker is when there's a dispute, document everything, send everything registered mail, then get an attorney after you've made your case. Um, Texas is a little bit different. Texas laws tied towards real estate and taxing on real estate is a little bit out of my purview. I know it's a very difficult state to be a real estate investor in because they've got a lot of stipulations on what type of loans you can and can't get as well as what sort of profits you can and can't make in a short-term turnaround. So I don't know Texas law well enough to say that I would assume that the wife would be responsible if it was bought during their marriage, um, even if it's set up as you know documentation that's pointing otherwise. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Kim Commando. Kim Commando, digital goddess. Digital. <laughs> finally, finally. Well, wait, wait, wait. Finally, you call me the digital goddess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, but see, here's the kicker. I'm going to steal from you. When I'm not talking to you, I'm going to be called the digital god. Oh, I see. Okay, <laughs> perfect. Because I'm all about stealing good ideas. <laughs> so, what's going on? Not too much. I saw today that um, Ford's talking about trying to build apps for cars and that they're encouraging people to you know, adapt this app angle. And you're here to talk a little bit about apps today because apps, it might be the word of 2009, right? Well, there's 100,000 apps, and they say in about a year and a half there's going to be 300,000 just for the iPhone itself. And a lot of people uh, were hoping to get rich with their apps, but that's not really happening. But for the uninitiated, these are just little tiny programs that you can download and run on your phone. Um, but the apps that, that I find really fascinating, especially this time of year, and this is the first year that we've actually had these type of apps, are the shopping apps, meaning that, uh, like, for example, we've you can be in a store, and you could be standing in the store, and you can say, well, you know, I wonder if this is a good price on the movie Julie and Julia. And... You look on your phone, and you're like, you know, I'm just going to kind of type it in. And so you, you open up the app, or you scan the barcode, or you type in the name of the movie. And let's say you're in Best Buy, and Best Buy wants 25 bucks for the movie. And suddenly on your phone, it says Walmart has the same movie for $18. So what you can do at that point is you take your phone over to the manager at Best Buy, and you say, you know what, I can buy the movie from you, or I can buy the movie from Walmart, because Best Buy has a local price-matching policy. And so that's the power that's right in your cell phone right now. And the app developers, uh, they have complete access to 
these retailers' databases so they know the inventory, the pricing. And I think it really puts a lot of power in the consumer's hands. Like one, for example, is free. It's called Shop Savvy. They have 20 million products that they're covering with 20,000 retailers. Uh, Red Laser is actually paid up, and they've got hundreds of thousands of products from Google's database. And even Amazon.com is in the business, and they've got a free app so you can buy online right off your phone. And it also has something that's interesting on the Amazon feature is that you can take a picture of something at a retail store and click remember. And that picture is actually sent probably to a human being, (laughs) believe it or not, at Amazon.com, who will then send you the link back so you can buy that product from Amazon.com. That's pretty cool. Now, again, um, apps have kind of come out of nowhere. Is there any filtering system for them, Kim? Because you just threw two app names at me and... I'm a little intimidated by approaching apps. Well, you know, that's the problem, is that Apple does, they do some filtering of the apps, uh, meaning that they they go through some quality control, and there's, I think, 12 different steps that an app has to go through in order to get to be able to be for sale. But there are so many apps, and it's hard for you to find the good ones, and you kind of have to rely on folks like me and, and other folks in the industry that have actually gone and tested these, because you do have to be careful. Um, there are sexually oriented apps, like we talked about last week, that are available on the phone. And What's up with you always bringing up the sex talk? I, I'm not. You just t- you asked about filtering on apps. Okay, and... just checking. Just checking. <laughs> <laughs> Something's going on there. <laughs> uh, you you always bring it up. No, you br- you always bring it up. I'm turning the tables on you. <laughs> no, not at all. So, um, but anyway, so that's so that's the deals with the phone. But I think it's really fascinating that now we're able. To, and this is the first year. It's hard to say what an app, a shopping app might look like next year. And I'm sure we'll have more retailers involved, more apps. And the the Ford apps are interesting. You have cities that are inviting people, like in San Diego and other communities, to say, make us an app. Even New York City, the mayor came out and said, we want you to develop apps for our city and to make our city much better. Because it's not just now the iPhone, but you also have the Droid that runs uh, on Google. And then there's a whole, I think they have 30,000 apps now. So they're they're ramping up pretty quickly. I'm a little intimidated by the whole process because I feel like him for most of my life, I've been a beta tester for a lot of technology. <laughs> so I'm, I'm almost, I want to give the apps another year before I go out and, and play with them. Kind of. Oh, so. you don't have to do that. They're fine. I, I mean, it's not like your phone's going to blow up or anything. Well, you like, remember, and I was just talking about this, Kim, it's been 10 years since the dot-com implosion. Yes. And I live in the Bay Area, and 10 years ago, it was crazy. 101 was always crowded. Restaurants were booked with 25-year-olds drinking, you know, $100 whiskeys. Sure. Um, a lot has changed in 10 years. I just, I feel as I'm getting older that I don't want to be the beta tester anymore. You know, digital life cities, uh, digital cities. I mean, if you go back to some of these companies that just massively failed, that we did spend our time developing and getting relationship into, and it just went away from us. Well, I don't think Apple's going anywhere. And I do remember those times. I remember getting a call from a guy who had a dot-com who said, I just got $28 million to spend, and I want to spend it with you. I'm like, come on down, baby. Wow. <laughs> he yeah. didn't quite spend. I think he spent hundred grand out of the $28 million. I don't think he actually got ever got the $28 million. But, but what's happening now with the cell phone is it truly is replacing our desktop computer and that we carry this all around. I, I find it incredibly fascinating that I can get my phone, the email on my phone, is synced up to my MacBook that is then synced up to my Windows 7 PC in the office. So no matter where I check and receive my email, everything is 
congruent, meaning I don't have to worry about this mail I already read here, and then I did I see that mail. Everything's right in my phone. And it and but we do have to remember that the phone is great, but as I told my eight year old the other day, is that I know that a lot of kids are texting their list to Santa this year, but you know what? Human contact is still very important and I need you to actually write your letter to Santa. We're not texting Santa. Let me ask you a question because you're a digital goddess. When do you let your son, who's eight, onto Facebook? Oh, well, he's already asked for an email address, and I told him that's not going to happen. Okay. Um, Facebook, probably seventh grade. Seventh grade, okay. Seventh or eighth grade. Um, I also, as you might imagine, because of what I do, and is that I have a lot of parents that approach me with help as I go in and out of the schools. That the uh, it seems to be like they're they're letting their fifth the fifth graders are getting onto Facebook and they're creating what's happening here in Phoenix. A lot of them are creating these fake profiles, fake accounts. There's also some cyberbullying going on in the fifth and sixth grade levels, and I think that it's good that the kids become aware of it, as I've already talked to Ian about cyberbullying, because sometimes the boys will send text messages that aren't very nice to each other, and so I told me, you know, if a particular kid's doing that, just don't answer his text, don't fuel the fire. So it's, but so here we are in second and third grade with the phones, and I just think that Facebook, I, I think, you know, seventh, eighth grade would probably be okay. But when, how about cell phone? Well, my son has had a cell phone since he was four. Okay. Uh, that seems weird to me. Why? Because I used to, like, play with sticks. <laughs> well, I like the cell phone because it, because I can always get a hold of him. When he was four, uh, if he was at the house or something, then he could just hit one button and call Mommy. And then, you know, he, it, it never – the only time he ever really called me was when he was at Target with Grandma, and Grandma wouldn't let him buy something or something gotcha. like that. But now it's, uh, now it's interesting because he does text me and – uh, and he calls me. I got a call from him on my cell phone from he was at school the other day asking if it would be okay if he stayed after school to work on his art project. I mean, so, you know, it's nice that they have it. Okay. And do you GPS track him with it? You know, he has it on the mobile me account. Okay. And so I do know where the phone is, which means hopefully I know where he is. Only once we had to use it when he left his phone in a restaurant. So that was pretty handy to get the phone back. Very cool. Thanks very much, Kim. Have a great day. People can find Kim online at KimCommando.com, KimCommando.com. Listen to her show Sundays from 1 to 3. Sundays from 1 to 3. I knew I could throw a twist about cell phones and things along those lines for kids because that's digital lifestyle, right? We live in a digital world, and I'm, I'm starting to become afraid of being a beta tester. I'm starting to like, eh, let's hold off on that new phone until it's well-developed, the community and the culture on it. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black's show, 9, 10 a.m., more stimulating talk. I'm John Cobell. I'm Ken Shampoo. We're the John and Ken Show. Join us weekdays from 3 to 7. Now, Rob Black on 910 AM, more stimulating talk. It's Christmas time There's no need to be afraid At Christmas time We let in light And we banish it And in our world 
tough to step on boy George or George Michael, but someone has to do it, and I'll gladly step on either or. Remember boy George? Oh, what was wrong with, with the world that we accepted that freak? I mean, he was just an odd, odd dude, and as he got older, he became odder and odder and odder. Now, again, I'm not saying beat up freaks because that's not kind, that's not cool, but he pushed our limits. He really, really, really did. Fun music. Great music. I remember being in Mexico and hearing Karma, 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 Camellia and going, ah, it reminds me of my youth. But with that said, oh, good God. And again, yes, we were listening to the Culture Club instead of Metallica in my household because we were a bunch of wusses. Go to Tim in San Francisco. Tim? Hey, Rob. Hi, Tim. Um, I've been in Fidelity Magellan, God, 18, 20 years. I put about 5000 into it. it um, the last I looked, it was worth about 23000 the value of the fund. But it, my cost basis is about 31000 something. Um, and I'm just wondering, shall I just hang on to this as it's run its course or sell it, take a loss, and um, go to something else? Fidelity Magellan, to me isn't so much that it used to be the most successful mutual fund of all time. But what was interesting about it was most people lost money in it. And yet it was the most successful mutual fund of all time because people bought it at the high instead of buying it at the low. Um, To me, it's just a bunch of large cap stocks. And I think large cap has its place in your portfolio, no more than 10%. Um, as far as large cap growth, because that's ultimately what it is. It's become a super big index fund because so many uh, dollars are in it that you have to diversify. I mean, it's just you can't take big positions in small names. There's nothing sexy about it. If I owned it, I, I wouldn't necessarily dump it, but it's one of my least likely to succeed um, and crush the market type of funds. I, I think it's a nice way of accumulating wealth, but I, I wouldn't manage wealth inside of it. I wouldn't expect big things for it. So thanks for the call. Thanks. Sure. Um, interesting, right? The most successful mutual fund of all time, people lost money in. How the hell is that? Because we chase performance. We go, what worked last year? Let's buy some of that. Oh, God, am I turning into Annie Rooney? What worked last year? We chase performance, and it should be the other way around. For instance, we learn... We learn how to um, invest by watching those awful movies like Pretty in Pink, where you don't really want the hot cheerleader. You want the frumpy, nerdy girl, because she's going to be the hot cheerleader next year. So says all these John Hughes movies. Um, Or the daughter that comes downstairs and suddenly, you know, prom night, she's hot as hell, but the whole movie she was wearing an Oakland A sweatshirt and kind of looking frumpy dumpy. Um, That's how you want to invest. For instance... Telecom stocks, AT&T and Verizon, they've been losers this year when compared to the overall performance of the stock market. Where do I think, what do I think is going to win next year? Telecom stocks. Utilities have been underperformers. What do I think is going to win next year? Utilities. So I go for the frumpy dumpy. It cuts some of the risk out. I think that's uh, worthy of noting. Does that make any sense at all? Anyway, I was talking to Kim Commando in the last segment. And coming up, I got Will Durst, again, one of my favorite people in the whole Bay Area. I can talk to him and just wax all day long. So he's one of those people that's good to bring in studio. Ford. I was talking to Kim Commando about apps. There's an app for that. Ford is working to offer drivers a way to upgrade the electronics in their vehicles, much the same way you can do it with iPhones and Blackberries. 
The car maker hopes to persuade software developers to tap the internet service, a GPS location finding capability, and digital music setup already found in Sync Entertainment. So they helped develop that with Microsoft. Now, such applications or apps might do such things as give directions to every espresso shop or allow friends to follow one another to a location through a GPS process called breadcrumbing. Um, I like the idea because mobile computing, really, you have to put the car into it, right? Um, cell phone's cute, but driving and using your cell phone, we've already seen that's not the best idea in the world. So I love the idea of our dashboards becoming more computer-oriented and getting stuff that we want. So, and uh, I think it's about three to five years from now, what's happening on the iPhone today will be happening in Ford, will be happening in GMs, will be happening in, in Toyotas. And you could do it now. It's just, it's, um, you're an early adapter and you're aggressive. So that's what you got. There's an app for that. Now, remember we were talking Google Android phone. Androids just do. They're robots. I find that commercial to be a little on the annoying side. But Google is going to have another big play beside the cell phone. It's going to be a netbook. According to a website called TechCrunch, most of the tech world now considers it's given that Google's going to be selling an unlocked phone. We all know that. It's going to be called the Nexus One. Early as early 2010. Now, a few stragglers are still debating about the finer points of what's the difference between Google working with a handset manufacturer and carriers on a good Android experience versus them dictating the hardware specs. So Google getting into the world of hardware, a lot like Apple does, it's a bold new step because they've always been a software company. Software is a lot of development, but because you don't have the cost of the hardware, for instance, when you make a computer, when you make a cell phone, you've got to put glass in it. You have to put semiconductors in it. So they're, they're taking a pretty big chance. Now, the next big story for Google, it's not going to be the Android phone. We know that. It's not going to be the fact that they're going to sell a phone under the Google name and brand, not under the Motorola name and brand, it's going to be that they're going to set up a netbook. Google has been saying from the beginning that they plan on working with select manufacturers to ensure a good Chrome operating experience. And they're working with a number of tech companies right now to design and build devices that deliver an extraordinary user experience. They're working with Adobe. They're working with Acer. They're working with Asus, Freescale, HP, Lenovo, Qualcomm, Texas Instruments, and Toshiba. So they want to get into the net, net, netbook business. Netbooks are a lot like notebooks, just a little bit thinner and a little bit smaller. So it's not quite as small as a cell phone, but you see where they're, they're going at. Now, with operating systems, what it comes down to is if you don't realize it's there, it's a success. And that's what where Microsoft has made the most mistakes in their marketing is that they say, oh, this is a great operating system, this is a great operating system, and we expect it to slice bread, and it doesn't. For me, if I can get to a website, if I can play video games on it, if I can you know, download my, my videos that I like watching by myself, alone, it's, <laughs> it's a success. It's a huge success. So that's what Google has to do. They don't have to change the world. They just need to make it nice and simple. And if the price for an operating system is $179 with Microsoft or free with uh, Google... Now, with Google, you may have to get that Google experience of the, the launching page may be Google. But at some point in time, America's going to get tired. So I don't think it kills Microsoft in any way, shape, or form, because I think Microsoft can go to the same direct uh, business model. They can go free. 
if their Bing search engine continues to do well and they eventually acquire a company like a Yahoo, they could certainly go free and uh, more than make up for lost revenues. Anyway, to get your calls in the air, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Coming up in the next hour, I'm going to be talking about dividend stocks. I'm going to be talking about some dividend stocks. I'm going to be talking about oil prices. I'm going to be talking about a new shopper. What is a new shopper? I got a story for you about, again, last 10 years, we were a nation of consumers. 20 years ago, we were a nation of heavy consumers. Now we've got a new 10-year period ahead of us. I'll tell you what that's going to look like. So legal ID coming up. Uh, you can get your calls on the show, 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Also, you can email me, rob at robblack.com, rob, R-O-B, at robblack.com, rob at robblack.com. I'll jump on the live blog during the commercial break. You can find me at talk910.com, talk910.com. I'm Rob Black. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.